He's going to lick you. Oh, he's going to bite you. This is Tall Can Audio. What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast. We've been sort of waiting here throughout the Sunday afternoon before recording to just in case there might be some news thus far no news on DJ watch Matt Robinson Rob Christie what's happening man hello okay <laughs> this is for the Rio statics we're all richer for having seen them tonight who's Richard I've seen uh, I was just listening to that before I came over here live between us live between us or as Google wants to say live between us live between us <laughs> yeah. yeah smart speakers don't have it all quite figured out if I can only yet. listen to one hip album yeah for the rest of my life mm-hmm. I'm going with live between us okay I like it it's yeah. right in a sweet spot yeah but anyways this is for the real statics okay uh we are on social media at talk and audio give us a follow there for more of this <laughs> these gems <laughs> <laughs> Why and, else uh, are you tuning in? Make sure you subscribe to the pod wherever you're hearing us right now. We got beer. It's a big boy beer. And, it is. Uh, and so we're each going to take down a, oh. I think they call them a, a crowler. Part can, part growler. Yeah. Uh, this is from the uh, Tooth and Nail Brewing Company. This is called Brawn. It is their brown ale, clocking in at 5.5%, but in a can that you could probably knock someone clean unconscious with if you had to, uh, at least while it's full. Um, was over there on Saturday to check out a few things and, and picked up some things to go and, and uh, I had quite enjoyed the brown while I had been there, so thought we'd bring a little bit home. <laughs> a lot home. Yeah, I have, I have cracked that. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of you who hearken back to your, yeah, see the, yeah, the, the crack is not... Because what you're doing is you're cracking one of those king-size tuna cans, <laughs> and that's what you're drinking out of. Oh, Matt, yeah. Prior to coming on, Matt's like, do you want to, do you want to gra- uh, you know, a mug for this or a pint glass? And I'm like, nah, it's a brown. We'll just drink it out of the can. But yeah, yeah it's like drinking out of one of those Allen's apple juice. <laughs> it really is. And you just sort of <laughs> crack on the top, and then you're like drinking it. It's, it's, it's got to be 800 milliliters, this thing. Yeah. So, uh, you know. We'll see how that goes, but... Belly up to the bar. I'd been over there on Saturday, first time into the Tooth and Nail Brewing Company. Obviously, I've tried their stuff before, but had never gone in, sat down, and uh, spent an afternoon <laughs> like I did on Saturday. I uh, was over there with our friends Sh- uh, Shrides and Josh and tried several different things. They had a, uh, an anniversary IPA. I think it was the brewery's maybe 10th anniversary. I think this was brewed in honor of... Uh, they had an Imperial Stout coming in at around 10%. Oh, that yeah. was It's a season, man. Yeah. Black licorice Very strong. Uh, they had another stout. I think I brought a couple of those home with me. I honestly can't remember what I grabbed on the way out the door. We'd been sitting there for a little while. Probably way more than you needed. Uh, pretty restrained, actually. Not a ton, but... Uh, I'll take two of those. Especially once you find out you're getting a couple in, in Crowlers. And two of those. Right. Yeah. Just the dark stuff, man. The browns and the two stouts. Yep. I know you like it. Well, and, and as I said to you, we got to, got to get going on this. Cause I have, uh, I got a stout. We're going to follow this up. Yeah. With. This is going to be, uh, almost a chore maybe to get through these today. No, but, but you, you just need to be drinking when you're not, if you're not talking, <laughs> be drinking, be drinking. 
That's it, man. That's that's really what we're looking for here today. Save that as a button for sure. <laughs> if you're not talking, <laughs> be, be drinking. drinking. <laughs> TCA t-shirts yes, will be coming soon. <laughs> yeah, and we and, and I'm getting requests for some swag. We need to we need to look into some of that. Okay, get back at it again. We did in the very early days uh, a limited run of a couple different things, but it's been quite a while. So. I'm wearing my old school TCA hoodie right now. Yeah, and the new school hat. There you go. Representing. I rarely wear both at the same time. It feels a little over the top. It's one well, or the other most see, days. The old school hoodie has the logo in red. Yeah, it's true. The new hat has it in white, which I think is super sharp. It's flashy. I like that yeah, too. Yeah, it does. It, it speaks. Stands out. So a um, few different places we can start here. I We're going to talk a little about the Leafs. We're going to talk a little about the Sens. But if you would allow me right off the hop here. No. Okay. I don't even That's know what the end gonna, of our show. I don't even know what you're going to say, but... Uh, why don't we talk, why don't you let me take you down to Texas where the Rangers this week had their parade to mark their world series championship. First in franchise history. Yeah. Pack of fucking losers. I haven't been super interested in talking about them, but, uh, Jerry Jones was invited on local ESPN radio owner, owner of the uh, Dallas Cowboys. And so while the Rangers were celebrating, they sort of were, I guess, trying to ask him, you know. What's it like to win a championship? What might these guys be feeling right now? Not that the Dallas Cowboys have racked up a pile of them under Jerry Jones' uh, tenure, but um, I want I want to direct your attention to the way Jerry Jones describes the feeling of 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 winning a championship. <laughs> right on. All right, Jerry. Uh, we are you know there are people on the road right now. There are hundreds of thousands of fans uh, piling in right now, and they're all listening to Jerry Jones. And what's your message to all the people that are walking around this parade today, taking in all this stuff that's going on, all the celebration for this team? What do you want to say to all these fans out here? Uh, sports, sport, uh, sport, uh, the uh, rough times that you have with sport, everybody has it. Everybody, you can't really play unless you have some hard times. Uh, but it is the absolute glory hole <laughs> to have that elusive win to be the champion. <laughs> Whoa! Jared! The absolute glory hole. It's the pinnacle of glory holes. <laughs> Jared, which side of that hole are you on? Man, the things you get if you win a title. Like man, I, oh man. Now, Jerry did not indicate which side this is of it. the glory hole he's on, but... Uh, yeah, interesting way to, to phrase it. Now, would you be surprised to learn or would you be surprised to hear that this is not the first time he has used that term, perhaps incorrectly, or perhaps he thinks it means something else? We've, uh, the crack TCA research team <laughs> has, uh, has circled back and found this gem from, I believe, September of 2022. Right. I can't tell you how many times in my life when I have had it handed to me in a lot of different ways, but I went back to work, got up on Monday morning, and there it was. Glory hole. Right there in the middle of it. <laughs> right in the middle of it. <laughs> After having it handed to me in a bunch of different ways. <laughs> wow. You're hanging out with Robert Kraft. This is, uh, this is apparently a thing for, uh, for Jerry Jones. And there's, there's more. There's another one. There's another one. I don't have the date for this one, but while doing my research, it, it came up and had to be included. 
Uh, I think that's a part of leadership is to have some of the guys that have gone before that uh, have been disappointed uh, to share it with everybody involved. For me, it's a reminder. I, too, have been here 23 years. And uh, it is a reminder. I've been here when it was glory hole days, and I've been here when it wasn't. And so having said that, uh, uh, I want me some glory hole. (laughs) So I have that perspective. And so I had to let that one run a little longer because the reporters can't even contain themselves in the background of that one that are interviewing about this. But I have that perspective. I have that perspective. The people who went before me. Yeah. And have been disappointed. <laughs> and so we have had no choice after all of this to add a new button to the, uh, to the, to the mix here. I want me some glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll keep that around. Good for you, Jerry Jones. Oh, man. Well, when you're a billionaire... Anything is possible. Man, you just, the, the hole you end up, the glory hole you end up going down. I heard the first quote that we played there from just this week. And in the replies and online and on YouTube, people are like, yeah, there's more. <laughs> there's a couple more of these incidents. Well, and and you got to know, like, and he delivers it. Straight faced. Like straight faced every time. He clearly thinks this is entire glory, right? Glory hole. Yeah, not, you're right in the sweet spot. Right. You're right in that. <laughs> Like glory slot. The absolute glory, glory hole. Good, yeah. for you. Good for you, Jerry Jones. Jerry. Yeah. Well, his accent, it's like it gets worse or stronger, whichever way you want to look at it. <laughs> Jerry. Uh, I wanted to ask you right now, and actually over the weekend we saw Jack Hughes go down and he's going to miss a little bit of time. Um, not apparently as serious as it initially looked, but right now he's leading the NHL in points. Tied as of this morning. Quinn Hughes? Nope. Leading defense in points across the NHL. That's that's true. And Luke Hughes, within one point of leading rookie scoring in points. Which one of these is most likely to stick or, or to occur by the time the season is over? Which one of them actually finishes leading these categories? Jack. It has got to be Jack, right? It's Jack. I, I think now... In terms of defenseman scoring, yeah, I'm not sure I see anybody catching Hughes if 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 Vancouver continues on. Do you expect that though? Like I'd, I'm not sold I, on Vancouver yet. I, I am not, but they they're piling it up right now, man. Like just and not just offensively piling it up because thank you San Jose Sharks. Foof, yeah. But winning on Saturday night, they went two nothing. Like like they just seem to be able to. Like Thatcher Demko is right up there at the tops in goalie stats. Save percentage goals against, like just. I guess I'm almost, I'm already hedging my bet. At some point, we all assume Connor McDavid's going to heat up. Of course, of course. And how long is Jack Hughes going to miss here? I guess it's possible Quinn Hughes could leave, but I sort of expect Kale McCarr to do his thing as well and kind of get going. I mean, it might be though Quinn who is most likely to finish leading defense in points well, ahead of of you know whether Jack Hughes can hold. And I I think. Connor Bedard and like there'll be forwards who would you know lead the rookie yeah point scoring for sure there will and and yeah Luke Hughes is sort of he's the low key he's the simmering under the under the the surface one yeah well of course and as a as a defenseman right you're like and he's the one you're like is is he have the same father (laughs) right like in terms of size and everything you're like what happened to that guy 
where did he come from? Or where did the other two come from? Right. Not to uh, question the parentage. The huge lineage. Yeah, but it is odd. It um, is a little odd. Now, I have two brothers who are 6'4 and 6'5 and I am... Not 6'4 six, or 6'5. Six, 6. Oh, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well... Stretch in. 5'11, and... <laughs> 3 quarters. Okay. And uh, while I still have hair on the top of my head, it's, it's giving me that extra little... Well, I'm hearing that Mitch Marner is taller than you at this point, so... Yeah, well, you hear a lot of bullshit in, <laughs> in, in, in the house. Um, but it's okay. Yeah. It's all right. I get where that's coming from, mm -hmm. right? That person may or may not have toe fungus, not entirely sure. Ugh. Um, she, and she's trying to hurt you when she, she says it. She is trying to hurt she's, me. It's, 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 it's not, it's not said, it's, it's meant to, to pull me down. Yes. Which is, you know, Matt, <laughs> you can't do it. You can't do it. Right. I am stout if nothing else. Um, but if you look at the NHL scoring, Jesper... Brat. He's right up there too, right? He's they're crushing it on the power play right now. Yeah, I think it, what you're seeing is, um, I expect Jersey to continue. They do like for a while. They look to be the team on the come, and then they go out and bring in Timo Meyer, and you're like, okay, right? Like they're only going to get better as long as the goaltending holds, and you know we'll be able to to see how that plays out. But yeah, it was interesting to see the Hughes brothers all kind of leading their respective. Uh, so much hype, right? Too, especially when, when Jack was, and know, it took him a little while. Like he, he sort of, you know, is this kid going to live up to, yep. to the hype? And maybe that's a, a warning to people in Montreal not to give up too soon on, on, on the On the 19 year old. Right. Cause he's taking some shit right now. And, uh, well, the Arizona Coyotes were <laughs> dealing out elbows when they went in to play, uh, Logan Cooley there. Was it last Wednesday or yeah. Tuesday? They were having some fun at his expense there on social media, which is kind of rich coming from your university arena and, and whatever. You're taking swipes at the Montreal Canadiens, but have a good time, I guess. Well, and, and it really, it'll be interesting as you do with, um, with, with NHL drafts. You got to take the long view, yep. right? You need, a, you need five. But he's not doing well. Like, would you be opposed right now to sending him he down or sending him to Europe? Yeah. Coming into Saturday night. Now, we scored on Saturday night yeah. in, a, in a loss, but that's two points. Would you get him out of there? I would. Yeah. I would. Why, why don't you send him down and let him, I wouldn't say dominate, because it's it's still a man's league in right. the NHL, yeah. right? But let him get would lots of Would you send him reps. back to Europe? I would not. No, you don't want to do that? I want to keep him on the NHL surface. Yeah. I want to keep him playing here. And, and I like the point that... Um, I don't know, one of the intermissions, I think maybe it was Jennifer Botterill, um, said, if you're in a kind of um, a win-win situation in Montreal, they're not going to compete this year. Mm -hmm. Play him with Suzuki and Caulfield. Put him with good players. It just you, looks like now like his confidence is shot to hell, right? Like, I, Yeah, but don't put him down with no, UL no, no, no. Armia. There's no point in that. Put him with good players, and if you if you plan on having this guy for the long term, and clearly you use the number one overall pick yeah. on him, yeah. give him the best the best group of players to play around him, and give him some of that confidence. You can do that now, right? Whatever Montreal does this year, as far as they can go, it's gravy. Yeah. So do it. Give him good players to but play. To me, with. it's that or get him the hell out of there. Like he, he he's clearly struggling. He's clearly having some confidence issues. It's in Montreal where you're under the bright lights. Like, 
I would either put him up on a top line like that and see if you can get him going or just get him out of there instead of, cause they're having issues like Kirby doc goes down yeah. and like they're again. Yeah, exactly. Their depth is being shipped away at here a little bit, whatever depth they had. So like there are limited options for that guy to play with who are going to be able to elevate him. So either put him with Suzuki and Caulfield, as you've suggested and, and for a couple games and see if it works or get him the hell out of there. Send him to La- uh, Laval. La- Laval. And like, I think I'm with you. Like, I think for some European kids, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to say you're going to go back to Finland or or whatever. And you're going to stay there for the year. So he knows, right? Don't be waiting for the call, all these sorts of things. But they apparently weren't really happy, even when they drafted him, about the development that he was getting there. Like, if you recall, they announced him when they drafted him as being from the Slovak national team, not from his club team, which right. is, was, at the time, I didn't read anything into it, but it is unusual. Uh, so... I don't know. It's, it's an interesting spot that, that he's in. And as you've said, like the Habs aren't going anywhere this year. So you have a little bit of, of luxury to see, they, they bungled it. They bungled it last year. It was last year. That was the problem. And, and they kept him around, they kept him around and then he got injured and missed the second half. Mm -hmm. You missed essentially a full year as an 18 year old of, of quality development. Right. Right. You missed that. And now you're at a spot where you're like. Now we're in year two. And if we send them elsewhere, like you had the freebie last year after the draft. And, yes. and because you can't discount that A, the NHL, it's a hard league. Mm-hmm. And you are skating around in Montreal with first overall status on your back. It's like skating around with one of those weighted vests on, <laughs> right? And and so there's a pile of pressure on that guy. No matter how the franchise says, hey, we got your back. Yeah. You can, you can sort of grow, but well, there's a th- pile of pressure. And for them too, like when you didn't send him down last year, if you do it now, does it feel like you're admitting defeat of some kind? Failure, like, they call it. Yeah. Like, can you, can you still do it without a PR nightmare? And maybe you can't, but for the long term of, of the player, it's still going to be the better way to go, I think, is just to get him the hell out of there. Is Well, and it comes down to... You end up risking like, um, and it's a totally different player, but if you look at the way Edmund, Edmonton handled Sam Gagne or any of these guys where you go, why rush? Yeah. Why rush when you could just push that guy back to, or in, in Slavkovsky's, he could have went to, he could have went to junior. Yeah. I know even as a Euro, he could have went back to, but you could have put him in Gatineau or in, Wherever, right? Like yep. put him somewhere in on the North American ice, as you suggested. Whoever owned his 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 sort of um, CHL rights, yeah. And 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 you make you let him dominate. And I know they say, hey, he's got a man's body, and he's a he played in a in the Sim Liga last year. Yeah, but what is he doing? You fucked his whole season. He would have been better off in in the CHL last year, dominating and going to the World Juniors. Yep. But instead, none of that happened, and he just stagnated. Like, to me, they have, there's so many good stories there. In it, Montreal, you mean? Yeah, just in terms of of the St. Louis and the, and the, and the Caulfield and the coming Suzuki. Along. And, and it just, there's, there's nice sort of low-key good sure. stories. This is not one of them. No. And, and I, I think you can't continue to double down on that same mistake. Well, especially like when you bottom out and you're rebuilding and you're expecting and you, like you finally get that first overall pick, you can't fuck it up. You can't fuck it up. And 
You need you, to hit a home run. You kind of get married to the idea those guys are supposed to play, but they don't always, right? They right. don't always play right away. And so, yeah, when the, the team was expecting to be bad again, there was no reason to have uh, to have rushed it. So, so you're hoping now at this point that that guy turns out to be uh, Nugent Hopkins, right? Like just, I know yeah. that's way down, yeah. but I, I didn't go down the Yakupov. No. But you are looking for... Somebody who... Yeah, this kid isn't going to be Jack Hughes. Right. He's he's a rung below that. This is it. He, yeah. he is not your your Bedard or your no, no, McDavid no. or your, your Matthews, any of those guys. He is not that. So you have to understand... What can we do to get him to be Heashier or... Nico Heashier. Right. That, that to me is probably, if you, are a, if you are a Habs fan, that's the thing where you look to Regal. That's a little bit more of a slow burn. Mm-hmm. Right? And you go, the best thing about Nico Heashier is he's not Nolan Patrick. <laughs> right? And you go, yes. that's what you hope, right? Is that you, you put in a good situation that he continues to develop with, you know, without the bright spotlight. Yeah. And your expectations are a little more reasonable. Like you're not expecting him to just become this 110 point phenom every year or, or whatever. He's going to be a very capable top, top line, top six kind of player. But yeah, probably not the superstar that you needed. You're going to have to bank on Caulfield becoming that or, and he might like his, his scoring pace is, is pretty impressive when you look at the guys he's playing. You hope he turns into a Logan Cooley maybe. Right. So, (laughs) yikes. The beer is tasty though. The beer is good. The beer is rich. This is a nice pint for sure. Uh, It's a very large couple of pints perhaps, but, uh, that's all right. Yep. You mentioned the Sharks a couple of minutes ago and, um, they have now lost back-to-back game. They've given up 10 goals in back-to-back games. First time in 58 years. That anybody has done that. Uh, they're bad. They're still winless on the season. Uh, not going well in San Jose, but not supposed to. I don't know that they expected to be this terrible, but they're terrible. Oh, 10 and one. Yeah. That's yeah, not good. Well, and I was looking just quickly this morning. In the 11 games, they've scored 12 goals and allowed 58 or 56 <laughs> They're like a minus 44. Yeah, when you... Already. Yeah, keep an eye on that differential Ooh, as the they season. Are, they are going to blow past whatever the record is. <laughs> they are going to be uh, like bad for the ages. So I wanted to ask you, if you caught... Uh, I'm, I'm sure neither one of us watched it start to finish, obviously. But on Thursday, I believe it was, the uh, the Canucks beat the shit out of, out of San Jose. I believe it was 10 to 1 was the final. I believe that's correct. So it's 10 nothing. San Jose scores a goal that's clearly goalie interference. Clearly goalie interference. The refs don't call it. They're looking at Rick Tockett on the bench going, you going to challenge that? And he decides, no, I will not challenge for goalie interference while we're up 10-0. Thatcher Demko had a shutout going for whatever that's worth. He's probably looking at his coach asking, Hey, like, what the fuck, right? Because especially, I don't know, next contract year, like, what's my... His stats right now, Demko's stats are sterling. He, he's, he's, he's pretty good, man, but nobody minds an extra shutout on, the, uh, on their record. Correct. Like, and look, it's a fucking long shot, but should he finish his career one short of Broder's record or something, he's going to remember that. I'm curious. It's 10 nothing. This game's an embarrassment, but you're, you're you know, you're... You're running a team here. You got a goalie in there who wants us to protect his stats. Would you have challenged for goalie interference and, and, and done the video review? I would have. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I would have, and, and I'm surprised Rick Tockett didn't because to me, he is a pedal to the metal kind of guy, right? Like yeah. he, he is all about, he's already dropped the soft card once this year, multiple times late last year. Um, and they're off to a nice start. Like I think me. it's soft coaching. Mm. Like uh, for all that you've said, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, if you want to establish uh, a ruthless winning. You yeah. Know, you interfered with our goalie. Fuck you. That doesn't that, count. That's not part of the rules. Right. Sorry. That's not how it works. And so there is But no, you do look like such a douche. Like <laughs> challenging when you're up by 10. Well, do, now up by nine, I guess. But. Do you look like a douche in your own market? I don't know. I don't think I so. Don't I think, I think the sour faced Canuck fan <laughs> probably feels jilted. That Demko didn't get the shutout. Right. And I think if you are trying to establish that winning pedigree in, in Vancouver. Ruthless. Fucking ruthless. You will take every opportunity. You gotta. Yeah. You gotta. And, and, and you have said, oh, they're soft. They're not doing it. Or when, when Pedersen gets a hat trick and talking says, well, he had a couple of turnovers tonight too. Yeah. Right. That's ruthless. Yes. On your, so why would you let up on the San Jose Sharks? So I was listening to Friedman and Merrick talk about this on Friday. I don't remember if it was on his radio show or the podcast or whatever. And they suggested it's a coaching fraternity thing. That would have been out of deference to David Quinn coaching the Sharks and knowing that at some point you'll be the one down on the mat and you want someone kicking you. And you're at some point, yeah, this is a winning business and you're going to win this game. I, I'm with you, man. I, I, I'm challenging if for no other reason than I'm saying to my goalie, I got your back here. hundred percent. Right? Yeah. That's the guy. I don't care what it says to the Sharks. I'm sending a message to my team and my goalie. I will protect your stats and your contract and all that stuff. Yeah. But. Well, you are looking at a team that's been kind of, in, in Vancouver, that's been wandering, mm-hmm. right? And wandering somewhere in the red light district, right? <laughs> like they're just, it's it's been seedy where they've been, right? They yep. They sort of... Ever since the Travis Green, right? You've had the the Green, the finish there, the Boudreaux experience. Whoop. <laughs> there he goes. Boudreaux. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. Um, Stretch that out there yeah. just a little bit. And then you sort of make it into, you know, the beginning of this talk at era. You don't have, you, you don't have, you're at a spot where I got a huge chip on my shoulder. Yeah. I am not... Sorry, man. How many times did Van, did, did San Jose, when they were rolling and, and the, the, the shark tank was, was bumping, were they running people out? Yeah. Were they doing shit that nobody else, you're yeah, like, hey, man. Thornton, Marlowe, Couture uh, for sure. era, right? Hurdle. Vlasic. Just, just powering about that guy. through guy, people. It burns. Like, yep. just, just putting it on them. Yeah. And you're like, you know what? That is the cycle of sports. Yeah. Of pro sports. Guess what? I'm riding high today. You're taking it. Because <laughs> you've put it on me before. I do think, though, as I said, I would have done it. I would have challenged it. But I absolutely understand that there will be 31 markets. Not my own, but there will be 31 fan bases that go, fuck your petty. Right? Like, fuck you. Yeah, but you're a fan of a different team, and I'm a fan of a different team than that. And yeah. and we're both looking at it going, yeah, you know yeah, what? Yeah, but we might be douches, too. 100%. <laughs> Hundred percent. We, we have to consider that. You and I have also coached. <laughs> yeah, and I always, always, always want to have my players' backs. That's it. Yep. 
at the end of the day, guess what, man? We ride together. I don't know, but you're not with us. Hey, man, you're on the bus. Or you're under the bus. Or you're under the bus. <laughs> that's it, man. And that's the way I played. That's the way I coached. Right. And if you're a team that's sort of, I think, I think Vancouver is. What they, is Vancouver? They've exceeded, yeah. you know, yeah. expectations. And guess what, man? They're not in a spot where they're like, hey, man, we've been here so long. We're the 90s Atlanta Braves. Guess what? We'll give you that goal. Right. Now, forget it, man. We, we're putting the pedal down here. We got we smashed can. last year a bunch of times. And guess what? Yeah. We're smashing you. And it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a 10-0. 10 Cobb. Right? Yeah. You don't get that pity goal. You do you not get that pity goal. <laughs> forget it, man. That's yeah. one more dent in your plus minus. Yeah, Damn! That, that differential. Yeah, it's, it's now minus 45 <laughs> instead of 44. Suck it. <laughs> and that's where I am. Yeah. I'm totally on that. Well, why don't we move just slightly east from from uh, from Vancouver? I've wanted for a couple of shows now. Sorry, I was having a sip because I wasn't talking. I was drinking. Yes. I just wanted to finish with oh, okay. those guys do have, and you talked about Demko. You talked, to, uh, uh, we haven't talked about Elias Petrosian. He's having a hell of a bounce back. He's got a contract coming up. Oh, yeah. And guess what? All those guys. And he has not committed to signing it there. This is it. I'm getting mine. I'm getting mine. And JT so, Miller, who we have maligned multiple times on this podcast, looking great to start the season. Benched by his coach, though, for well, large chunks of that. Still. But I'm he's saying, off to a hot start. It's, it's not only is that team starting to feel it a bit and winning, but there's guys playing for stuff. How sustainable are they? Uh, not. <laughs> like, like these points will all count, obviously, hey man, but they're I, not this. I went through the roster this morning, just looking at going, okay, they won two nothing last night again. Yeah. And I'm like, they still have Tyler Myers and Carson yep. Soucy yep. and some guy named Friedman. <laughs> like, and you're like, and Philip Moronic is on their top pairing. Yeah. Like. Well, that was a big trade last year. I, I had to make I, sure. I, uh, I know, but it's, it's one of those things where you're like. Yeah, I, I, it's it, to me that is that is. There's a lot of coaching there. Uh, I wanted I, I've wanted for a couple of weeks now to talk to either you or to Versage or to somebody, anybody about what's going on in Alberta, and we just haven't gotten there. And I I kept being afraid that it would get turned around. The storyline would would disappear. We wouldn't get to touch on it, and yet it hasn't. They continue to stink, both teams in Alberta at this point. Now, Calgary did get a win on Saturday. But Edmonton, Edmonton did not. considerately <laughs> lost Helped five, keep two. this alive for me. Both of them, just terrible. I think Edmonton has two wins at this point. Two, seven, and one, I believe. And Calgary, I believe that was a, their third on, uh, on oh, Saturday. Ahead in the turtle race. <laughs> right. And, like, I just wonder, when you look at the state of those two franchises, like, if we'd had this conversation a week ago, and, and maybe we did just a little bit going into the outdoor game, and and but I, I would have said then uh, Edmonton will be fine. Like they're too good to be this bad for too long. But at some point, all these losses start to pile up. Are is is Edmonton in trouble yet, or could they? Like I don't think it would shock anybody if starting Monday or Tuesday, whenever their next game is, they just whip off six in a row, and you're like, oh okay, like. Yeah, I I, uh, I still think Edmonton is going to be fine. Okay. Now, when we had our our hot takes mm-hmm. episode, and I said my hot take is Edmonton wins the President's Trophy. Yeah. 
And that's, you're in, like, that's in some jeopardy. And you're like, that's not a hot take. Everybody thinks that. Yep. I'm like, all right. Well. I'm not sure anybody still thinks it. <laughs> and and now. Well, that, that take is in as good a condition as my Pittsburgh might win the. No. Which, which <laughs> the flip side of that coin was Rob's take was. Yeah, no. Pittsburgh doesn't make the playoffs. Yep. Um, so, you know what, man? It's. It all depends on how Rob wants to spin this. Thing. <laughs> I, I'm getting that. But it is the Edmonton President's Trophy win. Yeah. And when you look at them being in the same division as Vegas, oh, LA. that Vegas call that uh, Bruce Cassidy. I mean, he may be a good coach. I'm not sure. It's starting to feel that way just I, a little bit. I, although the Bruins don't seem to be hurting. No. Um, but that is it is getting late early in terms of yeah of the of the upper echelon of the Pacific Division when you look at. Like, I believe I read on Friday, so this is before the Saturday game, they were going to have to play at roughly 104-point pace to make the playoffs. And you go, well, that's doable. Like, if, we, if this team looks like it's supposed to look, like what, like what we all thought it would, they probably were going to be at least that anyway, right? They were going to be a 100-point team. Uh, so. Yes. But the more of these you keep dropping, like, well, what if they have to cut 106-point pace? What if they have to cut 108-point pace? Like you said, it gets late early. It does. It does. And and the thing is, when when you have Nashville rule and they're like, Nashville's not even no. like they're on the fringe of of anything sort of decent yep. right now. And they're rolling in and putting a five spot on you. <laughs> Bam. Thank you very much. Excuse me, I'll take that. And wait, you eat those fries? Too bad. <laughs> it's it's and the look on Connor McDavid's face at the end of the game. Which is almost always terrible. Whether he's winning or losing, he always Yeah, but looks this, this one had the, with the helmet up on his head and he's like... The grimace. I don't know what the fuck is going on here, right? And that's, With him as much as the team. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's it's got to be disheartening. Now, I think with all that they can put... I, their power play has not been as dominant as it could be. Like right away there, that's an easy improvement you look to and go... I yeah, don't that think, historically good power play last year. We'll obviously figure it out. Yes, exactly. And and I think whether it's Skinner or Campbell, we never thought either one of those were going to be Vezina candidates. Right. So you do understand that there's going to be some. I'm starting to wonder if Campbell can even still play in the league. Regression or <laughs> progression to the mean, right? Yeah. You you are going to see some. Going to have to be Skinner. And so it is going to have to be Skinner. Yeah. I I think. Despite the five schmill yeah. <laughs> per season for the next four, I believe that you're paying Campbell. Yep. Right? That you are gonna have to you're gonna have to run that two headed beast, but probably the majority to Skinner. And yep. you know what? You're gonna have to start winning games until you can you know, and this idea, just sorry, I I'm it's I'm I'm on the oiler still, but this idea that they've employed a new defensive scheme mm-hmm. because they got beat by Vegas last year. And that they, instead of going sort of that man-to-man, they're going to go to more of a zone, which Tampa did as well, right? Seems super reactionary. Based on how good you already were. Well, and you look at it and you go, do you have Vegas' defense core? Few do. You do not. Right. So that's the first thing. It's like when St. Louis and they went, I'm going to get all big defensemen. And you go, do you have six defensemen that are big and, wait, mobile? Oh. That's the mobility part. (laughs) I forgot about that, right? And you go... It's fine to replicate, but if you have the same six style that Vegas has, it's fine. Go yep. ahead and do that. Sure. But when you don't, Cody CC, <laughs> that's not the... No, no then go, you need to do what you do. 
which is better torture. Yeah. We're going to torture you. And it's not going to be, we're going to go into more of a, a zone defense. No, you're going to have to lean into what you are and execute what you are, but, and, it, and inflict that on them, right? You can't try and be the second best team at doing this while playing the first best team yeah. at that style. Right? I'm going like to play it, your style. I'm going to do what yeah. you want to do. Yeah. Guess what? Every time, doesn't matter whether it's a fight game, whatever it is, if you start doing what I want to do, yeah, you lose. And of those two teams, though, well, so we're going to get to Calgary, but Edmonton's got three games this week. If they only win, let's let's say they go one and two this week. Are the alarm bells ringing at that point? Is it? Oh, I think that fan base is already sure, but. Everyone is about their own fan base. As we look at it objectively, like if they go three and zero this week, then you've basically erased the issue. You're fine. Everything's two and one. You're like, well, you're turning it around. Is one and two enough that everyone around the league's going, holy shit, those guys are in big trouble? Or would you still? Do we have to give it more time than that? We're not at American Thanksgiving yeah, yet. I was just going <laughs> to say, I, I want to see end of November. Yeah, where they are. If if they are. Come, come American Thanksgiving. Like, I don't have to tell you a bad November. What? Can kill up your playoff dreams, right? I, I kill it in November, man. Me personally, you're talking about, I own November. Maybe you and your. Oh, and the hockey team your, right here for? Yeah. yeah. Novembers can, can hey, be painful. Hey, somebody keeps telling me points in November are worth the same as the points in April. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I totally do. Um, I One wanna, and two would be. I want to see where they are. Okay. At American You still wouldn't pull the fire alarm at one and two this week. No. And, and to me, they just have this. That'll be three and nine. We're going to roll out. Whew. We're going to roll out. And I think, I think it's, it's, it's the natural idea that athletes have that, Hey man, we finished last season. We were cooking. We were mm-hmm. doing all these good things. And we and we now have Connor Brown and we have Ekholm to start. <laughs> no. And Connor Brown, I just I mean know, as, as, as a nice insular piece, right? Who started terribly, which maybe we should have expected. But well, seems you, you to have sort of been year? coming around. Yeah. But when you add him as a nice sort of depth piece, and he is a great depth piece. 100%. And you have Ekholm to start the season, and you're like, man, we ha- and we have that power play that was just rolling. Yep. And you go, yeah, it's going to be easy. And you go, oh, wait, other teams want to win too. <laughs> They're not just going to give that to us. So, yeah, there's going to have to be some some – some of that natural reset. And I think in the end, maybe this start, this bad start is the best thing that Edmonton could hope mm. for. Just in terms of everyone likes a punch in the mouth. Nobody likes a punch. Nobody likes a punch in the mouth, <laughs> but it does get your attention. It sure does. It gets your attention early. And when you go, okay, we're not going to throw our sticks on the ice. We're not going to throw it out there and go, okay, oh, these are the Oilers. Yeah, they're good. No, I guess we got to earn it. I guess we got to take that from you. And I think that's, Never a bad thing for a high-end athlete. Well, why don't we roll down Highway 2 to Calgary, where roll things... exactly what we would do. ...are, <laughs> are not going a whole lot better. Um, it is it is Highway 2, I and I, I, I don't know if this is the same across the country, but this was pointed out to me, like, much later. Like, maybe you already know this and, and, and think this is going to be obvious or, or whatever, but, like, I found out in, like, my late 20s that here in Ontario, the odd-numbered highways... Are east-west highways, okay. the even-numbered highways, or north-south highways? Did you know that? I did know that. Okay. See, I, I think here in Ottawa, right, the 416. Yep. 417. 417. Yeah. 401, 400, like yep. gr- as a guy who grew up down in, in the GTA. And 
I had no idea. Just And why would you think about it, I guess, but... It was, someone pointed it out to me. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess so. So Highway 2. Well, a guy who camps as much as in your family is, well, you're a boating family, really. Yeah. You want to talk, well, we can talk about lakes and, and shit like that. What side of the channel <laughs> the, to stay the on. The Trent Severn, and what I'm yeah, I'm tell you right now. I don't now. drive anywhere, so. Uh, Highway 2, which is actually, I guess it only applies to the 400 series, because Highway 2 rolls through Oshawa on an east-west, I can tell you that. Uh, but in Alberta, Highway 2 is a north-south, and we'll go down to Calgary, and it's not going a whole lot better. I said to you, I don't remember if you agreed or not, so I'm not going to throw you under the bus with me here. I'll let you know. That there was no way Calgary was going to be as bad this year as they were last year. And I, I thought was, they were going to be a, a borderline playoff. That's team. exactly where I had them. I had them probably making it, but in one of those wild cards, right? Kind of yep. probably coming down to the last yep. weekend. And it just, I was willing to give them a pass on Huberto not yet being comfortable. Well, a lot of guys, Kadri, Kadri Uyghur, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it takes some, t- some time for people to get settled in new places. And if you bring in a bunch of them, um, no doubt Goudreau and, and Kachuk were big losses, but I sort of thought after a year, these Although guys will Goudreau get. Goudreau getting benched in. Yeah. I'm not sure what that was supposed to accomplish. Like that's your guy in Columbus. He's, and it's not even like. Remember when it was Tortorella and he was You're my boy Blue. benching Dubois and... Well, I'd bench that guy too. Okay, so... But Calgary is not the same as last year. They're arguably worse than last year. They are worse. And like, we heard for a while, a long time, that the Noah Hannafin talks weren't going very good. And then we got like a week or so ago before the outdoor game. Oh, it sounds like they might actually be getting close. They might be willing to, to sign long-term Flames and, and Hannafin. And uh, then after the outdoor game, it was reported by Friedman in a few different places that, yeah, they're pumping the brakes again, right? Like, well, I got a bed and it's full of poop. Yeah, you hate to see that. Man, because <laughs> they just, they rolled into that outdoor game yeah. and they looked like they could not have given. And like, I just, I look at that team and I still go, I don't understand how you're this bad, but I do understand, like, at first, when I saw that the, they were pumping the brakes on the Hannafin talks, I assumed it was him. Like, no, this is still bad, right? It wasn't just Daryl Sutter. It wasn't whatever. I maybe, I, but it might be the team going. Look, if if we're this shit, we're not committing to anybody else long term. We got Huberto long term. We got Kadri long term. We got Weger long term. If we're gonna have to rebuild, we can't sign any more giant contracts. What do you think of the Flames? So. Let me ask you something. Mm. I think they're wicked underachieving. Um, and if you look at Zadorov and his his comments. Yeah. Right, we are pulling like, in the same direction. Well, and he's like, okay, so last year it was Daryl Sutter was the problem. What now? Mm-hmm. And to me, that is, that's a guy inside who's saying, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, they would have preferred, no doubt, the team. Like, we're already struggling. Do you have to yeah. <laughs> publicly? Well, who are we blaming now? Right. It's and, a fair question. Of but, course it is. Yeah. And so- I'm going to give a, a nod in the direction of the Western correspondent who we've, we've talked long and debated long and hard about Markstrom and when he, yep. when he moved over from Vancouver and signed as a free agent in Calgary. He was and, going to apparently sign in Edmonton. Yeah, and but didn't. And, and They and, gave him the extra and, year in Calgary. So. Yeah. And so I was a Markstrom fan. Same. Uh, and I just haven't seen in the last year and a bit. I, I, no. he, he, he just looks like a guy who has maybe mentally checked out and, and I don't know. Right. Yeah. But, and if you look at, you just named the Uyghur, uh, Huberdeau and Caudry. 
Who, which of those three can you trade? Well, certain it won't be Huberto. You can't trade you. To me, he's off the books. You got that guy for life. Yeah. Kadri, I think he only had one point coming into this weekend or one goal maybe it was coming into this weekend. And if you're trying to treat that guy as either one or one A, like Lindholm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, like I still think you could trade Kadri, but with a huge retention, right? Like you'd have to keep. Or you're taking something, you're taking something yeah, onerous something bad, back in return. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know, man. Like I, I don't know what this. They're they're stuck. Like this has to. I work. like I like Uyghur a lot. I do too. But you are you have that guy under contract till his late thirties. And this is one of those things that always happens for the longest time. Mackenzie Uyghur was one of those guys you talk about most underrated defenseman in the league. But he's not now. You're paying him. Ask Ek- Ekblad. Right, and so you you're now paying him like a star, and and so him as a he's not. He's not a star either, but like the, the, the idea that you wanted to go get Mackenzie Weger before he got this contract, right? Because he was, he was wildly outperforming it. it. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm saying if you, like if the Sens or the Leafs or whatever, like there was a time to go get that guy because he was better than people thought he was and he was being way underpaid. Once they get paid, that's not the time to go find that guy. And it's one of those things where you, where you look at, and, and I love Mackenzie Weger. Yeah. To me, he's a great, he's a great piece. But in his contract and the term, he's kind of put himself into a an area where there was. Uh, let's look at Fanuf expectations. Right. right when Fanuf signed that big contract, his contract and the term, the one in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think of it as the Ottawa contract. Sure. Okay. They willingly took it on. <laughs> they bent over and took it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I but, want me some glory hole. <laughs> it, and it just comes down to. Yeah, you. good for him, man. He's hit the home run for him and his family, and, and it's good to go. But you've sort of put the bullseye on yourself with AAV in term. Yeah, I get to talk about you now like a top-end guy. 100%. That yeah. you are no longer that guy who is the good foundational piece for Ekblad or whomever, right? Where you go, I am the piece that's going to allow you to springboard. Now I've put myself in the echelon of... I have to be the Ekblad. There is huge expectations yeah. on me. And you go, but this is what I do. I'm low key under the radar guy, but now you're getting paid like on the radar guy. In a Canadian market. In a, and, and just to me, it's. So uh, if I ask you, you're running the flames. You are Craig Conroy. Better looking with better arms. Dude. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, would you sign even like, I, I don't even know what you would think the number is, but. Are you interested right now in still locking up Noah Hannafin? Or do you think the organization's headed in a different direction now and you should be looking to unload that guy? I am Craig Conroy. Yeah. That's what you said. Yeah. So no, I'm flipping out anybody I can flip out now. I am moving this you're, team. You're pulling the shoot. I am pulling this team towards, like everybody else has done it. Toronto did it. Yep. Ottawa did it. Yep. Montreal's done it. Vancouver's sort, sort of, of done it. They did it poorly. Yeah. <laughs> Edmonton sure hey, did it. But they're 7-2-1 now. Yeah, it's, well, it's, I guess. And, and so this bullshit that you can't do it in a Canadian market. Uh, oh, that's crap. Guess sure. what? Well, we talked about that a couple weeks ago with Winnipeg, right? Like their attendance is way down. Yeah, we did. And smartly we talked about I it. I agree, man. We were brilliant, if I say so. Yeah, myself. bringing it. But they don't have the population to support the tickets, so they don't want to fully rebuild. But you, 
you can rebuild in a Canadian market. They understand that. What Canadian fans hate, what smart fans hate, is we are directionless. Yeah. Like, we are just... Rudderless. Out here in the middling oh, bullshit. We're just out here. We're just out here, man. Swinging at it. <laughs> and that's where the Flames sort of feel like they are right now. And I didn't feel that way a couple of weeks ago. I thought the Flames... Again, weren't contenders, but were a playoff team. And there were some publications saying, "Yeah, that this is a, this is not even a wild card team. This is a playoff. This is a playoff position in the Pacific." Team. Yeah, kind of there with LA in the second tier of Correct. that division. Yeah. Yes, and that appears to be and and so in a couple of weeks, you're you're saying, "Yep, yeah, seen enough. I'm out. We're pulling the shoot on this, and and we're rebuilding." I I have. Yeah, I have, and and to me, there's there's pieces there. And I guess part of that is because you have all of last year. Like, I was willing to write off last year and say they'll be fine this year. They're not fine. And so now I'm going to lump last year back in and go, and here's part of my evidence. Like, it does sort of feel like a bit of a moving target, but I'm doing it. Who was the head coach of the Calgary It was Daryl Sutter last year. No, who is it right now? Ken Huska. Ken Huska. Kent or Ken? Ryan. Ryan Huska. It's Huska is his last name. Had you asked me, (laughs) I would have came up with... Lucky sevens, man. I got no idea. It's Huska, but and, I, and I'm just like mm. it might be Bruce Huska. I have no idea. Brian, John Huska. Bruce. I like Bruce. <laughs> sure. Let's go with Bruce. Okay. Bruce. There it is. I want to see it. Bruce with the gravy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So okay. Bruce is everywhere. Now you're pumping the brakes. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm totally on it. And now, having listened back to it, I call them fathead, not fuckhead. Yes. So it's nice. I feel better about that. That's better. Yeah, it is. It is better. Um, but that is a team where you have history now. Like you've seen it in the past and you see it now. At what point do you go? I've seen enough. I've I've really got a good read on this yeah. and and pieces that you can flip off for firsts, seconds, thirds, whatever it is. You have the ability now. Oh man, Noah Hannafin. You you're, can, you're flipping that guy for a first. You can get something for that, right? But but as you said, Huberto ain't going anywhere. You you might still be able to trade Weger for something like that. Might be workable. I don't think. Like, Kadri feels like one of those guys because of the way he plays. Like, when he goes, it well, might he, go it, fast. And so... But he's got... His is not a... He's like a, a six years? What, what, like, yeah. It's not a full seven. It was five or six, I, I'm, I'm feeling. I don't remember off the top of my head. But, like, because of the way he plays and the size of him, it feels like he will be one of those guys that when it goes, it goes fast. And yeah, so, but that's a guy who's got lots of suspensions, who's taking time off. <laughs> Like I think usually it's, around it's, around one of the playoffs, usually around April or May. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm gonna knock someone out cold and so then there go is, sit down. There, for there is the wear and tear isn't as much, right? <laughs> due to the, due yeah. to the copious <laughs> suspensions. Uh, he to me, if if like as a Leaf guy, if you were to say, and I don't even know what the magic would have to be, but Kadri, they'll keep enough that you're getting them for five million. I'd I'd risk that. Like I'd take a shot at that, but. Not up at eight and for six years. So sorry, Calgary is keeping three. Yeah. I would do that. I'd do Kadri at five and and hope he's not as spent as he looks. But you put, I don't think he's spent. I I really don't. I think there's some kind of, it's one of those things where you go, the pieces do not add up mathematically, right? You're like, it's, it's the sum of the total is, is not meeting its mark. Right. Right. And so if you could, if you take Kadri and you put him in your three hole. Yeah. Or maybe two Tavares's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm I'm up for that. Right. Yeah. It, it, however, you want to balance those those things. 
he would be excellent. I think so. I and and I've always liked him ever since he was going to be an Ottawa. He senator. was going to be a sen. And and then he wasn't, and I've Brian Burke kind of punked Brian totally, on the floor. totally turned my back on him, right? Sure. And he became a douchebag, but. <laughs> But I think he was always a douchebag. Yeah, I mean, he, still, I, I know, he was just our douchebag. I was going to say, if you're, if you're wearing the same colors, <laughs> right. you're the kind of douchebag we like. Exactly, man. But if you're not, we right. hate you. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, but somebody's going to have to eat some of that. But if, but if you're willing to pay and pay dearly for it, yeah. uh, if I'm Calgary, I'm making that happen. And you go, if I got to pay $2 million, if we're going to go into a rebuild, well, especially like you and I have both said, the upside, the best case scenario was make the playoffs. It wasn't lead the division. It wasn't, cup. It wasn't contend for the cup. So if you, this group can't even do that, then yeah, it's time. It's time to tear it down. It wasn't all Daryl Sutter's fault. It wasn't. Oh, who knew? <laughs> right. Who so. knew that when the Cowboy came in and there was a spike with what he brought in? Because he's one of those guys who we've all been in those relationships where you go, I can't love you enough for both of us. <laughs> That's Daryl Sutter. That's Daryl Sutter's coaching. I can't have enough ball sack for all of us. You're going to have to bring some of that yourself. That's I want what Dar- me some glory hole. That's what Daryl Sutter brings. Yeah. I don't have enough hair on it for all of us. Right. Only for so long, man. And then that's it. We're out. You have to get to a spot where everyone's got a bit of grit and gravel to it, right? So you got you got to you got to change out the parts. You got to you got to start from scratch. Uh, we're going to talk here in just a second about the Sens. We're going to talk a little bit about the Leafs, two teams who are not going to start from scratch, but need, need have to, recently. Yeah. need to figure some things out here. Uh, we're going to grab another beer because I have polished off this, this I, big boy. I, I have also polished this off yeah. and polished. polished. I've clearly polished. <laughs> and very nice, Matt. Yeah. To me, this is, and this is from, uh. This is from. Uh, tooth and nail, tooth and nail, brawn. Yep, American brown. It's and very to, nice. Had a couple me, of them over there, and yeah, I wanted to grab a couple to bring home. Very good beer. And right. and I totally, to me, I know some places are going in the opposite direction, going with the smaller can. See, we talked about this. This seven hundred and fifty or eight hundred <laughs> milliliter can, whatever this is. This is what bam. Happens. This is what happens when I'm you say this. a couple of weeks ago, I'll be my own liquor control board, and when you're allowed to be. <laughs> It's the king can. It's the crowler that comes out. But and, that's me. Yeah. I, it's all. It's totally on me. Okay. And the guy who edits the show and yeah. <laughs> takes out my copious pee breaks. <laughs> all right. Let's take one of those right now. You bet. We'll be back in a second. I'm whizzing with the door open. And I love it. Good stuff, man. Thanks for that. Yep. Enjoyed that one, too. That was... Uh, Thoroughly, man. They do nice stuff at Tooth and... I don't know why. They're just one of those ones that sort of slips my mind here and there. And you know what part of it is? They don't deliver. And, oh, and that's sort of my thing. I, and they're out, the, the, they're out in the East End. It's lousy with oh, Frenchmen. In Hindenburg. It's, it's lousy. <laughs> but I, I just, if you're not going to bring it right here and drop it at my front door, it's going to be a challenge, right? So uh, I was out there and, like I said, picked up a couple, tried a few things. Uh, shout out to Tooth and Nail. Thank you for a very On the brawn nice brown, brown ale, ale, man. Yeah, very it, good. To me, it was very good. And, and I am. It's dark I, beer season. It's dark beer season, but you are, brown is, is sort of your, it's, it's in your wheelhouse, mm-hmm. right? And I'm more stout. If I'm going to go dark, I'm going to go stout. Right. Maybe a porter to back that. Sure. But you are, you are a brown ale guy. Browns, and- ambers, stouts, porters, anything that even hints towards uh, a darker, uh, a darker color, I'm all in. And uh, so you have taken care of round well, two here. And first of all. Okay. 
It's a good slap on the back to us, hey? Right? Mm-hmm. Hey? Powered through it. Powered through that 800 milliliter beer in the first- Buckle uh, up for the second half of the Yeah, show. well, this is it. And, and, and I, I, I hate to tell you, but we've moved on to, I missed, apparently, International Stout Day was last Thursday- so you've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now. I guess you just blew right and by I, it. And I <laughs> fucked up the date. That's how that goes. Okay. Uh, it was, and, and like Easter, mm-hmm. it, apparently it's, it's, it's a moving target. Well, I think most of these sort of things. First like Thursday that. in November it's is, always inter- stout is day. International Stout Day. Put that right in my fucking calendar. Yep. So what we have today is, uh, I'm trying to not spill this on, uh, cause I'm pouring it into a glass mm-hmm. in the dark. Mm-hmm. The dark. Okay, yeah, it's actually just not late enough. How about that? <laughs> um, this is called Trash Panda. Yes. <laughs> which I was fairly new to the idea of Trash Panda, which is a raccoon. Um, See, I didn't know that. It's also the name of a AAA baseball team in like Georgia or something. Of course it is. Anyway, it's, it's carry on. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I ran out of steam. I had something well, and then I lost something. And I have a story too. That's just okay. not, that's not, yeah, probably not tellable on air. Mm. Um, trash Panda from four degrees brewing out of Smith's Falls. Smith's Falls. So it comes, it's an oatmeal stout coming in at 5.9%. So nice to follow that 800 milliliter 5.5 brown ale. a little extra kick. With, with even higher. Um... What do you know about the origins of the oatmeal stout, Matt? I know almost nothing. I assume at some point a collision occurred between two trucks, one carrying. <laughs> Peanut stout. butter and, and chocolate. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Officer Reese is calling it. <laughs> um, I love stouts. Yeah. As somebody who's drank many a pint at St. James Gate, uh, it makes me an aficionado. Okay. Um, but the oatmeal stout, and I've often wondered, right, what the deal is. And so in honor of International Stout Day, I did a little looking around. So the oatmeal, there is actually oatmeal in here, but it's, it's not it's for- It's all lumpy. <laughs> it's, it's not for the flavor. Okay. Right? They add the oatmeal for the texture. Huh. Right? So what, what's happened is in the evolution of your stout from your dry roasted Guinness per se- you had people who moved towards the milk stout yeah. and the milk gave it a, a creamier, fuller body, but also made it a bit sweeter. Right. Right. So people who went, I love that creamier sort of the body, but I don't want the sweetness that maybe comes with the milk. This is what the oatmeal stout provides. The oatmeal in the, in the mash gives it that sort of fuller, creamier body without the sweetness. Okay. So that is what an oatmeal stout looks for. It looks to be a dry stout with a bit more of a fuller, creamier body without the sweetness. Without the sweetness. Without the sweetness. Much like this podcast. Oh, there's all kinds of sweetness in this podcast, <laughs> Matt. You know that's true. <laughs> no, you're right. I, I I don't know what I was thinking when suggesting that uh, that there was no sweetness to this podcast. But that to me is, and I love a stout. Yeah. And I love a porter. So to me, there's there's just... Beer goodness, Matt. Beer goodness. And so we're down in, in Smith Falls here. Be, uh, exactly. Yeah. So somewhere. I don't know that I'd ever heard of this brewery before. For I've had I've had four degrees on here before. Okay. Okay. Uh, whatever it was, but it wasn't. I've been holding on to this trash panda for 
for about a month in honor of Stout Day coming up. And I know and Matt I missed, loves the Stout. And I missed it. Yes. <laughs> Holding on to this trash pan. Yeah. So if you're not talking, you're drinking. Over <laughs> yes. to you, Matt. Um, why don't we start with the Sens? It's been uh, it's Jesus been another Christ. rough week. I just started with ten uh, percent of that stout on my shirt. Oh my god, this is no. We're good, Matt. Uh, we're good. We're good. Uh-huh. We're on track. Let's go. Look, the Sens had a bad week. What? This is a recording. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. We did the Pinto thing. We did the Dorian thing. It's like those little color bars you see when the TV used to go off the <laughs> off the station, right? You go, Sands had a bad week. <laughs> so we sort of, I at least, I can't be alone, thought after the Dorian firing, okay, the Band-Aid has been torn off and they're going to move forward. There is still the DJ question. And as we sit here right now, I've been checking Twitter quite frequently on the Sunday following uh, that uh, that loss to Tampa Bay and, and the booing that was going on and the chanting that was going on, sort of expecting that it might be today. It doesn't look like it's going to be today. Uh, but Brady had some comments after the game. I assume you saw his, his yeah, press conference I, I did, and, yes. and what he had to, so we have the clip here. I want to point out to the good listener for the sake of transparency, this has been trimmed for, uh, for public consumption. Well, just the length of it. He was asked by Ian Mendez, friend of the show, Ian Mendez, where does this go wrong? You know, are, you know, where did this game get away from you? And so before the comments I'm about to play, he does work through, you know, there's a bounce off a skate here and then they poke it in there and some bad bounces and this and that. But that wasn't the interesting part. He then continues on, on his own, and unprompted, no one asked him about the booing, no one asked him about the chanting, he goes there on his own. And this is what he had to say, like I said, coming out of that Ian Mendez question about just how this game had gone and and where it got away from them. Yeah, frustrating. I mean, it's, whenever you don't win, it's it's frustrating, and um, it's frustrating the the negativity from the outside, it's um, the constant booing and, and uh, uh, the bullshit kind of from the crowd too tonight was, um, I understand that they're a passionate fan base. I understand. I love it. But um, I mean, when you face adversity, you don't, you don't turn your back on uh, the, the guys out there. So he manages You don't fucking to, turn your yeah, back. Yeah, he manages to stifle an F-bomb there. He, he stops short of going there. But... I'm curious what you make of this because he sort of pumps the brakes, right? He's like, yeah, what was happening in the crowd tonight was bullshit. They're a passionate group and I love that. Like he's not totally willing to throw the crowd under the, but he's frustrated by a bunch of things. He's frustrated by the losing and the way this is going. He's frustrated by the the chanting and, you know, the losses and everything that's going on. And he goes the bullshit out of the crowd tonight. That's pretty harsh from your captain, but he does... I, I wanted to leave that next line or two in there because it does sort of see him trying. I get it. I get it. You're frustrated or you're, you know, you're passionate. I love that. I'm curious what you made of this because not super common for the captain of any team to say, yeah, what the fans were doing tonight was bullshit at a home game. I love the guy. Yeah. 
I love the guy. And and we talked about it last week. I think um, my my jersey needs a number. And and more than ever, yeah, I want to go with the number seven. I right. want to go with the Kajak. I want to go. Um, now, I'm going to caution. You can only take so many runs at the fan base. Yep. So it's okay to play that card. And, and I think. Because the fans are frustrated too. Well, and there's a bunch of things. So I, I love the guy. I, I do. And, and to me, if you watch the game, he, he has fingerprints all over that. The best parts of that game, from a senator's perspective, were Brady Kachuk in so many ways. Well, right? he ended up on camera at one point getting into it with Chickering a little bit as well. That was two games ago. Uh, you're right. Sorry. That was not but on you, Saturday. But yeah, and 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 I That's don't. That's okay. He's the leader. He's the captain. If yeah, he feels it's necessary, then then okay. But and, and and who knows exactly what the origin of that is, yeah. right? In terms of who who is chirping at who first. But you and I have been on teams. You and I have been on the same team <laughs> at times, and um, in, in in my past, I've fought teammates in a practice. Right. It's it happens, right? It happens amongst. Are you suggesting he might be looking to fight a fan or two? <laughs> uh, n- no, no, and and he. But this went, is where he pumped the brakes on Chickering, is what you're saying. Yeah, like, and, and, we're and, mad at each other. Or, or who was who was originally saying, "Hey, man, you as the fucking forward, you need to come back too, right? right. We need five men to the house." Like I don't know what the origin mm-hmm. is, or whether he's saying to Chickering, "You need to do that better." Right. It, it uh, to me at this point, with the way that first line sometimes defends. <laughs> You got to be, man, you need, you need to have five guys committed to the same job. So I'm not always willing to just blame the defense. No, no. Um, he also went on and and the part we don't have in that clip is, is him saying we never, we, we play to the end. We play hard to the end. Yeah. He does go on in that same quote to say, you know, we're trying, we're working hard. We never cheat the fans, the money paying fan. That's right. And, and, and I, you understand, I just had to draw a line somewhere. Yeah, of course and, I do. Yeah. Of course I do. No, no. And, 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 and all I'm saying is he's taken a bit of a run at the fans and he's also said, Hey man, we're fucking doing it. We're out here working. And, and I think for the most part, and I, we talked about it last week after I was at the Buffalo game mm-hmm. where it was five, one and it ended six, four with an empty netter. Yeah. Um, and and I tip the cap on on the never giving up, and and I think that's true, right? We've seen three or four times this year where they have pushed back in the third. Yep. But that does not negate how you got there. How you got there, <laughs> and 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 that's the thing where the 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 bit of umbrage I do take with with the captain is, have you started like you finished? And if you had, we wouldn't be in this position. The Islanders game, very similar, right? Give up too early. Stay with it, like push all the way late. But the Kings game, you're down you three better, zip. Yeah. And then I, I I went away. I watched the voice. Like I moved away <laughs> entirely and came back and it's three two with eight minutes to go. Yeah. And you're like, okay, but why are you in this position? And it's okay to finish strong, but as I've said to you with the Buffalo game, I was at live. The the last five minutes does not negate the first fifty five. Right. And if you're coming out like shit, it does not get you off the hook to finish strong when you haven't started strong. And I think that's where the fan base goes. Yeah, man, you you guys aren't doing it. And and I've heard it in so many places. If you love DJ Smith and you think he's a great guy, 
then you got to play better from the start for him. Yeah, I, I think on Saturday, most of the booing and the chanting was about DJ, not the team. And I, I well, the negativity from outside, he's suggesting to me isn't strictly the fans. No, it's media as yeah, well. Yeah, hundred percent. So I, when he says, you know, the bullshit coming out of the crowd, to me, it's not as harsh as it sounds. I think Agreed. this is the way people talk, right? Like, and you know, the shit happening over here and, you know, it, it's sort of a throwaway. Hey, you fuckhead. <laughs> and I think Brady has enough. Currency. Yeah. In this market yep. with this fan base to be able to get away with that once or twice. But yep. as you said, you can't do it too often. Right. And I, I do, I think there's probably frustration. He used that word in his, his quote there that if you're one of the players, I wonder almost, we're hearing this about our coach. If you're going to do it, could you just do it now? Like, I wonder if part of it is directed at ownership. Like, I don't think they're calling for DJ to be fired. Right. But if you're going to turn around in a day or two or three or another game or two and do it, just fucking do it now. Like, this is... It's a bit much. I, uh, yeah, I, I didn't get that. No. I. But that doesn't mean it's not... That's not the case, right? If that's how you took it. Um, yeah. No, no. I, I'm just saying that's that that I I got it as media and fan base, right? That that we are doing our bit here, and and I man, I never 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 question Brady's effort, no, or or commitment to the to the franchise. Although we are starting to see Stutzla do his little thing again here. A oh, little we'll bit see, lately. but that we haven't mentioned. Yeah. Number eighteen, and 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 so to me, he has regressed a little bit yeah. to his his whining, complaining, as in the not committing full way through. Hey man, that should have been a penalty. Yeah, okay, you know what? It wasn't. <laughs> Keep fucking going. Yeah, and you got to go hard, man. You got to if that's your if that's your DJ Smith. We go hard all the time. I've seen <laughs> a regression from him, and we talked about Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And, and and we talked about your Carson Susie's, your your Tyler Myers, the guys they have on the D's on the decor and and in the lineup in general have not greatly changed, but you do have a different coach there. Yep. And the change has been night and day, in terms of the results. That's true. And so sometimes when you go, okay, all those people who thought Ottawa was going to crush it this year, or. Or be a playoff team. Yeah. Be on the cusp. Whatever crushing it looks like. Well, some of the Sens fans that I follow on Twitter last night was the first night I started to see them kind of, I wonder if we're just not as good as we thought we were. Yeah, but it wasn't just Ottawa. No, no, no. The media all over the place was saying this is a team that's going to take a big step and push. And 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 that's all I'm saying is is, is not just diluted local, very provincial fans, right? It isn't the case. And so when you look at the very minimal change in the Vancouver lineup. Yeah. But you have a new voice, a structure, a structure. Imagine. Can I repeat structure? <laughs> right? Something that something that they can fall back on when things aren't good. Cause that's that's what that's what a good structured approach brings you. When shit's not going good and your talent alone is not winning you games, you gotta fall back on structure. So the only reason I was bringing up those those tweets I saw on Saturday night about maybe this team isn't as good as we thought they were. So I went through and I'm looking at some stats and I'm looking at the lineup. And I, I you know me, I, I wasn't sold yet the playoffs, but I was certainly sold they'd be better than this. Yeah. They'd be pushing right at the end. Yep. 
I the name I kept throwing out there as a guy who was going to bounce back with bat was Batherson, oh, and it hasn't happened, and that's a huge piece. Like that's a top six piece that. Look, I assume Stutzel's going to be fine. Brady's always fine. Drew, Drew at some point is going to fall off. I don't feel like he's there yet. Like he seems okay. Tarasenko took a, a game or two, but he's sort of gotten it going. And then you're sort of into, you know, it took a while to get Norris back. Pinto isn't there. Greg's now hurt. Um, whatever's going on. But but I keep coming to the name Batherson, and I just, I don't know what that is. I, I, I expected that that was a prime candidate for bounce back. So when I see people talk about maybe this team isn't as good as we thought they were, maybe that's true, maybe it isn't. But I look at Batherson and I go, well, that guy maybe isn't as good as I thought he was. And that's a key piece that if it's not there, you know, like is is, is going to hurt them bad. It's... Certain guys are never going to win you Selkies. No. And, and I'm not suggesting you think that's the case. <laughs> um, but that guy just needs to be harder. Like he scored on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. It doesn't undo the rest of the game. Yeah. That's a guy who needs to, like last year, despite not having a great year last year, ended up with 13, 14, 15 power play goals. Yeah, but I'm going back even a year before that at this point, right? Like Uh, when he signed the contract and it was, it was 4.95 or whatever it was. And you're like, man. Great deal. That's a great deal. Great deal. Five times less than five. And you're like. And you're still not like it's a terrible deal, but he doesn't look the same. He, he wow. just see we had we, a, he almost is on the same track as Vladdy, right? Where the last two years you're like I don't know, it's not terrible, but now your expectations of of Batherson are different than of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But you know what I'm saying in the sense that the, this guy isn't quite where we need him to be. He's beneath that. But you go back two years, you're like, man, I know he can be so much better, right? Like I know it's in there. Yeah. When when you're not approaching the 60 to 70 points and you are turning pucks over at either blue line, it's, it's a fucking killer, man. Yeah, yeah. It's a killer. And, and that is just not enough attention to details, right? If, if you were not going to be a hundred point it, Is that like, coaching or is that him not being the right type of player to do it? Like little from he, column A. Yeah. Okay. Little from column B. Yeah. Right. That's a guy who, uh, we look, we talked with Johnny Gaudreau getting benched in Columbus. Yeah. We talked with JT Miller getting benched for, for parts of a period yep. in Vancouver. You got to be able to say, and DJ said before the beginning of this year, we have enough depth in this lineup that if you aren't going, you're going to sit for a bit. You're going to do whatever. And to be fair to him, that depth has been chipped away at. Oh, there's injuries aplenty. And, yeah. and, and it's true. Again. That is true. Yeah. That is true. But uh, it was Gary Galley. You were probably watching the Leaf game on Saturday night, but Gary's doing the, the color. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, yeah, tough times, lots of injuries. He said, but what you look at in this team is you have both of your goalies, you have your top six forwards are essentially intact. Yeah. Those guys have to pick it up. And, yeah. and and from a guy who's been in been in the change room, been in the locker room in, in an NHL arena, I, I gotta I gotta agree with that guy. Yeah. If you have your top six forwards, they have to have better puck possession. They gotta be going. And so it does fall to your Bathersons in on a night when when Brady had three points, two goals, yep. and was in the middle, was Man, and he drew that penalty, and I, I, I the Tanner Janot thing where I'm not sure if you were watching it at all, but I saw it after the fact. Yeah. That you're like, you know what, Brady doesn't need to fight Tanner Janot. No. 
Now, I bet you the next time they play, somewhere in the first period. I see Zach McEwen's back in the lineup. Isn't that his whole? Well, he's back in the lineup because everybody else is out. Costello is out. My boy, Ridley Gregg. <laughs> but Batherson is that guy who who it really, the, the light gets, gets shone on. If you're not dominating on the power play and you're not producing points, it, the defensive side is never going to be your game, but man, you need more. That is a guy who is a top six sort of linchpin, right? He is the he's the guy who is going to make everything else happen. Yeah, if he's going, that's an elite top six. If he's not, it's sort of eh, you know. he's because he, he is a liability yeah. if he's not going. Right, and so you can't hurt and not produce. So. As we circle back to DJ before we move off the sands, I want to just like, you're on record for a while now that it's been time for DJ to go. Yep. As you look at the schedule, like I've said to the the good listener here, you and I have kept an eye on things all Sunday afternoon while we're recording here to see it, if it's happening now. Was this the moment? Because, you know, you're, you're sometimes looking for a break where the guy can come in and have a couple practices or yep. a week schedule where he can come in. And look like he's beating up, you know, it, we're getting some wins yeah. out of the new yeah, guy yeah. that we wouldn't have wanted to waste on the old guy. Yeah. Uh, they have some time off coming out of Europe. They're going to Sweden here in a week or so or whenever it is uh, with the the Leafs, the Wild and the Red Wings. Like if they were going to do it, was this the moment? Is after Sweden the moment? Like, Well, these are the two logical breaks, right? Okay. Toronto happens on Wednesday. Right, so as of recording here on Sunday afternoon, and that can that's going to be interesting. Like that's a game Sens fans are going to want. Like they want them all, but that's a rivalry game. Would you be? You know who else wants that game? Toronto, a struggling Leaf team right now. Yeah, yeah, Tuck, yeah. But just in terms of what the fans might be thinking, right? Like, do we do it now and then subject the new guy right away to potentially, like, possibly a loss, but also? beat those guys and solidify that guy right away. It's like a road the, game too. It's a road game, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and, and I am, as you said, I, I bet you we go back a, a season and a bit, right? We're late 21, 22, probably I am looking for a, a coaching change. And, right. and I think you get to a spot and I said it when they hired him in 2018 or whenever that was, DJ's the guy that's hired mm-hmm. to be fired. When this team gets This is good. your rebuild coach. Yeah. Well, that this is when you've outgrown talent wise, when you've outgrown the hard work mm-hmm. and and all that stuff. And I'm a good guy. You're a good guy. Let's let's do it. Um yeah, God bless him, man. God bless him. Sure. But this is the guy you hired to be fired when this team needed to take when the next step. When it's time step. to turn the page, that's right. And so yeah, you have you have three days. And to me that Toronto game's a gimme. And only a gimme, I say, in the fact that Toronto was expected to beat this team, I yep. think. And it's a road game. Although less likely lately. <laughs> but, but but again, that that is yeah. that's because they're soft. Apparently. We'll get into that. <laughs> yes, we will. Um, but that's a game where in Toronto, Toronto's coming off a couple of losses and you go, that's a, that, that's a game where you go, yeah, we're going to stand up and we're going to steal that. That's a new coach new goalie, whatever it is, yeah. that is a steal game if you're Ottawa. And so the logical time is Sunday, today, as of recording, yeah. you fire him. If not, you ride with DJ 
Through Sweden. Through Sweden. Okay. When you have that nice five-day break to sort of acclimatize DJ back. can hang back, tour around. Bring your family. I told to you, man. Stockholm. The, the Norwegian fjords <laughs> afterwards, right? The, it's a small... Helsinki is We don't awesome. have a seat for you on the, the, the charter yeah, Bring the family, man. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. You've, you, you're going to get another job somewhere as an assistant coach. I, I have no doubt. Uh, your future is secured. Um, unlike Pierre. <laughs> Uh, DJ will get another job. Pierre will get another job too as a scout. As a scout. As a, yeah. as a scout. He'll never GM again. No, no. Um, but you are talking about, this is a guy, that that to me, those are the two logical spots, right? And so. So had it been your choice, when would you have done it? Uh, 2022. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. You're firing him this month. Today. Okay. This morning. Yeah. This morning. Just because uh, the sooner the better or? The sooner the better. Now, you have to have. I, I do not want to see, and you and I talked about it in the green room over a couple of pints. We're talking about you need, you need new, right? So when this move gets made, you need to have shit in place. Yeah. You're not looking for Jack Capuano or one of the assistants to step in. You want a new voice, a new system, a new guy, a new everything. Where's Guy New Boucher GM at? coming. Oh, wait, he's, at, uh, he's in Toronto. Yeah, you right. can take him. You can uh, <laughs> bring it back. Run it back. Yeah. No, I, I, I think I'm with you just because I'm also on side that it, it's time, right? It's time for someone else. And if you already know that, then why wait? I, I get it. you sort of look, sometimes you have to wait, right? Like we're playing a back-to-back tonight, three and four nights, and then we're coming home for three days off and whatever you would do it then. Like there are times where you yep. have to wait, but this would have been the moment to do it on Sunday afternoon. And and the thing is, it, the, stay and with- I think it goes, sorry, I, I just... That's That's my right. thoughts flow in slowly. <laughs> Coming off the Dorian thing this week, just tear the whole fucking Band-Aid off, right? Just get it done. We're, do- we're turning the page. All of this is going to be gone. New ownership, new coaching, new GM, all of it. Just, just get it over with rather than stretch it out that extra week or two. And, and, and I said to you in the green room, we, you're looking at a stool, a three-legged stool, yeah, right? And, Instead and, of a big pile of stool. This is it. Well, a stool <laughs> has a very medical <laughs> feel to it. Um, the, the three, the three legs to it are ownership, general management and coaching. Yeah. You've already changed out two of those. Just get it done. And it's only a matter of time. And so I'm watching that game on Saturday night and I'm like, it's going to happen, man. It's, it's, you feel it right. When you feel it across the board where you're just like, it's a matter of, of when, not if, Yeah. right. That it's going to happen. So. And so as we come full circle on it, back to Brady's comments, that's sort of, I think yeah, they that's were, your pro- take on yeah, it, right? I think those were throwaway comments from him. Yeah. It's just bullshit from the crowd, whatever. But I think that was sort of my takeaway. That's like, if we're, if we're doing this, can we just, can we just do it? Like, yeah, I don't uh, know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. No, 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 no. And it's, it's perspective, right? Yeah. Everybody leads into any kind of comment with their own sure. preconceived ideas 100%. and, and what happens. And so. To me, it's, I went with media first. Yep. The fans, the, most fans are not intelligent, <laughs> right? Like. Possibly I, including the two sitting right I, I listen. No, I'm totally not <laughs> including the two of us. I, I listened to Creech and, and Chris Stevenson on the post game on Saturday night. Yeah. And uh, people phone in and, and I rarely listen to the, to the post games because stupid people phone in. Like it's just. Almost any talk radio I'm turning off when the caller segment yeah, starts. Do not, so, yeah. do not. Like Creech and CJ are doing their bit. Yep. 
and they are immersed in in the action. Most people, I have I have very little time for the average fan. <laughs> Sorry, those of you, except for those listening to Tolkien. You obviously have a higher standard. You guys, listener. you yeah. guys are, and you know what? I, I hearken back to the western to western correspondent when we first started doing this podcast way back when he said it may be a little. Um, level 2.0 hockey for your average dumbass. Hmm. Okay. And, and I'll take that. That sure. to me was, I, I don't think he meant it as a compliment. No. But that that to me is fine, right? If you're looking at beyond what the average mouth breathing fan, <laughs> which again, if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> That's that is, not you. That is not you. Yeah. Right? You understand what's happening here. <laughs> That's it. All right. That's my own personal thing. Yeah. So we'll see what happens next. But I, I, the Brady thing is, and I got. I'm not taking too much umbrage with it if I'm a fan. Exactly. Like I, the 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 bullshit coming from the like when you the thing that made this interesting to me maybe because it always happens is what I read it in text first on Twitter and you're like, oh, okay. wow, that's, I heard it. I that's a little saucy. I, I listened to it. I, I tuned in after watching the game. Yeah. I tuned in. And so when you, you go in back and you listen to him, you're like, okay, it's sort of, it's not like the fans are bullshit. Yeah. No, you, no, it's, you know, and the bullshit that like, it's just the way guys talk. It, it's, it's, it wasn't that big. Well, of a, and, and he's a guy and I don't even count the two goals he scored. This is a guy who. To me, he does it right. Like he does, he his his actions. Yeah, he walks the walk and he talks the talk. No, he's not one of these guys who's, you know, out there half-assing it and diving around and whatever, and then stands up and goes, "We're doing our best." No, that guy's doing his best. No, <laughs> like, and you see it. Yeah, you see his best. And yeah. and again, this is a guy who isn't the greatest skater, doesn't have the hardest shot, all these things, and you go. Yeah, but he's going to be a 90 point guy and he does it on fucking sheer will. Yeah. And, and, and that's the guy. And, and again, Steve Steos, that's the thing. Again, when you look at the things that you glean from, from the new president, yeah. from, from the new, the new body coming involved, he goes, you can wait a lifetime for a franchise and not get a Brady Kachuk. Right. And, and I, I totally agree. And I was always a wait and see, wait and see, but Man, that's a guy who just lives and breathes it. And, well, and that's and, so different, eh? But like, you looked at Alfie. He's well, a sweet. And you went, okay, but like, you go, that's captain shit. A lot of the things he would do, the way he would stand out there and answer the media and the way he played the game, it wasn't the way Brady plays the game, but it was a strong two-way game. He was always in game. And now Brady's coming out. They're not particularly similar players. They're not no, really that- comparable at all. But you look at that guy and go... That's captain shit. That's yeah. a guy who will go, like, you buy that guy as see, a leader and see, as a captain. And whether it's, and I say he's a Swede, and I don't mean that in a... Don Cherry. <laughs> in a Don Cherry way at all. I mean it in, as somebody who's who's been to Sweden five or six times, the Swedes just have a very different way of going about yeah, it. even but keeled. There kinda... is, but there's no doubt. Yeah. It's zero doubt. Alfie would cut your throat <laughs> to win. He just comes about it in a, hey, yeah. He's just got a very, sure. whereas Different type Brady of has the very American. Yeah. Blah, I'm going to do this. And then blam, I'm on you. Right. Right. Both of them are assassins in a very different way. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Alfie is, a, Alfie is a simmering. And there's been captains in between, but those are the two that you look at and you go, 
those are going to be long-term captains that the fans buy. And it's just interesting to look at how different yep. they are. And so, 100%. Well, why don't we head west down an odd-numbered <laughs> highway to uh, to Toronto where they the lose. 407, clearly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. It'll cost you, but, You're, be, but I'm taking it'll it. be worthwhile. Uh, the Leafs lose again on Saturday, this time to Buffalo in maybe the sloppiest game they've played all year. And that would be, that would be saying something based on the, uh, the defensive structure they've shown. Um, look, they have no goals from no five on five goals from anybody other than the top four in the last five games, though that the big four, right? Matthews, Tavares, Marner, Nylander. So this new depth scoring of your Domi's. As somebody with Domi and Bertuzzi and in Bertuzzi, a box pool, okay. I would they have no idea that this is happening. <laughs> okay. I guess if you want to be. How about that Klingberg guy? Giving them an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Klingberg is, uh, he's around. He's a I'm guy. I'm playing for a contract, baby. They got Logason in there. They got Max Lejoie in there. Oh, Max Lejoie! <laughs> in there. Whose dad looks like Rob Lowe. He's a handsome More man. like. Min LeJoie, I say. <laughs> so, uh, Sheldon Keefe says after the game on Saturday night, I've never gone into a third period looking at a defense that's quite this exhausted. And you're like, Max LeJoie played f- less than five minutes on Saturday. That's you. That's your call. Yeah. Now, they have had guys get hurt mid-game, early in games at times. And so I guess the story of this game or the story of the week is the Brad Marchand uh, Hit on Lilligren. Yeah, the 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 corkscrew move on him. Some people are calling it the the slew foot, but it doesn't have the arm, so it's not quite. But it's, calling it the no penalty. There is that element to it. Uh, Wes McCauley doing his thing again, just just preparing to say something. Five minutes. Yeah. For fighting. Yeah. I don't. I can't be calling penalties. I'm trying to think of my next uh, witty line on that the guy. Microphone. That guy. If it was really a penalty, you know, he wants to get on the mic. So, all of that aside. They apparently come out of that game on Thursday. Sheldon Keefe says, I'm disgusted by our reaction, right? Like, I, I'm i horribly disappointed by the way that, you know, nobody stepped up. And and this this is supposed to be the Ryan Reeves moment. Yeah, and Was com- he not on the ice? No. No. But they leave because they're not scared of Toronto at all. Brad Marchand out there for the next faceoff after he does that. So that would be Who your wants mo- it? That would be your moment to bring Ryan Reeves on, have him line up right beside Brad Marchand. And that, yeah, but at that point, never fighting Reeves. No, but that would be the only moment where Reeves could catch him. Right? <laughs> we have to start standing, <laughs> standing beside still. each other. I can reach over before the puck. Ask Philip Ronick. <laughs> So, oh boy, it's it's not a good scene. And so apparently, there's a meeting in between games that like we can never be shown to be that weak again, right? We 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 can't be pushed around like that. And I I tweeted out at Talkin Audio that I expected on Saturday night Ryan Reeves will fight someone to re-justify his place in the lineup. Insignificant. Two or three other guys might be a little extra chippy, right? Maybe With a Tuesday scrum or two here or there, right? Something like that. And none of that happened. And not only did none of that happen, they were as bad defensively as they've been all year. And I alluded a couple times to Sens fans tweeting that maybe this team just isn't as good as we thought it was. And that's what I was getting out of that Leaf game. And you and I have talked about this a few times, that I wasn't sold yet on how these pieces were going to fit together. And I'm less sold now 
than I've ever been. I, I the, the lines on Sunday have been totally rejigged again. We're going to Max Domi at third line center. To Domi see. was great with Patrick Kane. Cool. <laughs> A lot of people are. Yeah. Just I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. But Max Domi was fine with the Habs. Right, like as a second line guy, not, not really. Never defensively, but he could put up some points. Not like, great in Columbus. These guys, nobody's great in Columbus. These guys were brought in, and it's the reason I let off with these stats. Those guys were brought in to be secondary scorers, right? And so when you look at what the Leaf forwards have done, Austin Matthews already has eleven goals. Nylander's at six. Tavares is at five. Marner's yeah, at four. He's only scored in four games, I think. <laughs> right, but so it's it's eleven, six, five, and four for the big four. And the rest of your forwards combined have nine goals. See, that's a problem, man. Bertuzzi, I, I looked at him. He's an overrated in Detroit as a first line guy. He is not where you want to put. He's not a first line guy. No, you look Neither at him. Neither was Michael Bunting. You no. So if you drop one of those guys okay. beside Marner and Matthews, great, it should great, work. It great should point, work. right? Bertuzzi, yeah. that that should be magic, right? If you're gonna, if you're going to replace that, yeah. Um, but if you look at when you drop Bertuzzi into Boston as a second line player, and you go, man, perfect, that's mint. Yep, yep. he's right in that sweet spot. And over I, a point I, a game in that first round playoff loss to. And so when I looked at the signing Florida, yeah. at, at at a at a value. Mm-hmm. In Toronto. One year, five and a half. What? Pff, and you're cool. like, man, that guy is gonna he's gonna make me yep. in that top six. Wherever you wherever you either one him, of those lines, he just needs to do what what he does. Be greasy. Yep. And and that's I say that in a compliment. Hundred percent. Hasn't happened, man. Nope. And and I was so I was so down with that that I took him in my pool. Right. And I'm like, that's gonna happen. That's he gets gonna dropped. Happen. Right. First line, second line, third line, fourth line. Scratch for most of the third on Thursday. Guess where like, you're going next, man. There's only so many places beyond that. And I know the, the Toronto. I like the deal don't mind, too. Don't mind burying somebody at the Marley's, but five and a half. Yeah, that ain't That's happening. a lot of money to be put But I, I'm with you. I thought that guy, I don't know if it'll work with Matthews and Marner, but if it doesn't, it'll work with Tavares and Nylander. Like, that's the type of guy on a one-year deal, five and a half million, you should do that. That that should be... Well, he's on the Tarasenko, show me. Right. Let's do this. We're going to... And in theory, the type of guy you want, but the one thing I, ha- I kept saying, like, you are not bringing in Ty Domi and Todd Bertuzzi in their primes. This is Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi, and those guys combined last year. While Leaf fans are losing, we're going to be more feisty. Weasley compared to the previous generation, right. am I right? For sure. But while you're sitting talking about how these guys are going to toughen up the team, the two of them together had fewer hits last season than Michael Bunting. And I'm not saying you should have brought back Bunting. He was the be-all. But expectations were so far out of whack on these guys. Not that they couldn't help. Not that they wouldn't bring something. I'm surprised with how little they've produced thus far. But they weren't going to be big-hitting, fighting, no, they're tough guys. They're, they're pests yes. more than they're tough guys. Yeah. And they, they're not really doing that, and they're not putting up points. Well, neither one of those guys are going to drop the gloves and jump. No, Marshand. No, and there's apparently because Marshand because Marshand is Weasley. He's a captain now. You can't fight him. Well, and not only that, not only that, I think he's a guy who's going to stick you. He's going to he's going to spear you. He's going to do. He's going to lick you. He's going to. Well, he's going to bite you. (laughs) He's a face biter, man, from way back. (laughs) And to me, he is what Bertuzzi and Domi. 
dream about. Yeah. They are wanting to be him. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 100%. You look at that guy. And go, well, they're not coming close. I know, but I'm point. just saying that you look at and go, man, if I was to have a wet dream, that's what it is. Yeah. And, and, and that's okay. Cause every sport's full we'll of those. Capture that little moment too. But you <laughs> Put have anything I want in front of it. <laughs> but you have to, man, if for you to be that guy and, and what Brad Marshand super weasel. Yeah. Man, he's a guy who just goes, yeah, that's what I'm doing. So he goes out and he hurts one of your top four D. Nobody did anything. Why and then they apparently have. Why would you change? He, no, they're. Whatever the Leafs might have been able to do in that situation was not going to change. The Bruins was not going to ter- change Brad Martian, but you might have been able to change your own identity a little bit. Nothing happens. So they apparently have this meeting in between games. We won't get punked like that again. And I don't know if Buffalo offered them a chance to not be punk, but even those fake moments I suggested were coming, didn't come. And so Ryan Reeves, uh, he is what he is. You're getting outscored so far 7-0 with him on the ice this season. If he's not forechecking like a mofo, he can't keep up anymore. He's not doing anything for you. And the people across, like Mark Mathot was trolling Leaf fans all summer saying, you don't understand why this guy's important. It's going to be great. And he's tweeting on Sunday morning, yeah, it hasn't worked. Like that's, he's 37 years old. And so yeah. he's done this the last couple of years where he fights a few times at the beginning of the season to say, yep, that's what I do. I establish myself with my teammates. Up. And then he stops. And so every now and then he has to re, re-justify that place in the market yeah. and do it again. And I assumed that would happen on Saturday. And it, it just didn't. And, and all of this is painting over the fact that they've played terribly defensively all season. And Samsonov has not been what you would hope. Samsonov has not been what you would hope, although his last game against Boston, he was very good. And so you hope that that's a, and his Nashville game is yep. like there. You hope he's coming back into form. You got to roll with that guy. I think so, but they will. We've talked about it a couple of times. They're going to give Joseph Wall the opportunity a few times here because yep. he's locked up a little longer. And if, if he becomes the number one guy, You'd let him, right? This is you're not going to force feed Samsonov back in there. But the um, idea that you had, you had rolled into the season and you have the sheriff. You got the sheriff in your lineup. Yeah, you have the toughest guy in the NHL. And and if he's not doing those things, he doesn't need to be in the lineup. What are you doing? Yeah, and and it's not helping you. Like that that idea that we're going to be this feared. You don't do those shit. You don't. Well, you, you mentioned. Tanner Janot, when we were talking about the sense, that's what an NHL tough guy looks like right now. Correct. Not a heavyweight, can't skate or do the days of Colton Orr and what well, what Ty Dolan. Right, all of the they're gone. You need guys who can play. I'm pulling Fraser McLaren. That's a great pull, man. <laughs> um it, it's just man, it's brutal. And like even as old school as Mike Babcock was, he took a quarter of a season of Matt Molson went. Sit down. Burn it! <laughs> like, we're not doing that. You can't play. And that's when they weren't even any good yet. That yep. guy was brought in to protect the young guys. They gave it 20 games, 25 games, and yeah, fuck. He was in and out after that, traded him back to the island. It, it just wasn't a fit. And yet, this new, the Sheldon Keefe new era, like the Kyle Dubas guy, he's still throwing. Well, you now have the true living area. 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 Yeah. Urea. The Leafs. Either need to get busy, true living, or get busy, true dying. dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Good they, for and, you. and look, you know what? I think they're going to be okay. They're clearly not going to be 109 points again. They're not going to be 115 points again. And we'll see, right? The whole thing is supposed to be you take a step back in the regular season. and I still think they win this division. And I said that at the beginning of the year, too, but I'm looking at it now. I'm not... I, I guess when I look around the division, I don't know who's significantly better other than Boston again, I guess. But Boston isn't. They they are better in goal. But we did this last year. <laughs> and yeah, then they, yeah, yeah. But the, they're still unbeaten in regulation. Are you counting on a rookie center in, in Portis? Like, I, I, no, you're not. And to me, they just don't have enough. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just think. It, How are you supposed to pronounce it? Like, I'm hearing Poitras sometimes. I'm hearing. Poitras. Poitras. Sure. I don't know. I don't know. Portis. Jack, Jack Edwards will tell us. No. Jack Edwards will not. I'm not taking anything Jack Edwards says. He might, though. Like, oh. you just never know. Oh! <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. I No. I'm not doing it. I'm not going for it. But... I'm not even going for that. Yeah. I see. <laughs> yeah. It is... I am super interested. I, I still think Toronto wins this division. I look at this Leafs team and we go back to those comments about the Sens. Maybe they're just not as good as we thought they were. That's where I'm at with the well, Leafs. Okay. Not not that they're brutal, not that they're terrible, not that they're for sure going to miss, but hey, you look at that group and go, no, We talked know. about it at the beginning of the season or at in the off season yeah. and you went, uh, okay, we, we have Reeves, we have Bertuzzi, we have Domi, you have Klingberg and you go, all these guys, I'm fairly confident moving forward. That they're going to be fine. It's the moving backwards part where I am yeah. most concerned. And you have an aging Giordano. I just, man. Who they're already, already having to play the shit out of because McCabe's been down and then Lilligren goes down. Like the idea of possibly easing off his minutes and maybe giving him some nights off, you're going the other direction. And I don't know, man. I. This, the, D, the D I always felt would be rejigged before the playoffs. There'd be a deadline move or two. Well, you, man, need, to, I, you I, need to look at, you need to look at on Saturday night at certain points, Tampa was rolling out with Bogosian and Dahan. Yeah. And you're like, fucking Bogosian looked like a young Denny Potvin. <laughs> he was just crushing guys, <laughs> putting pucks on net. And you're like. This is not sustainable. Where the fuck did this guy come this from? This is not sustainable, man. <laughs> it's like you are Yes. <laughs> and you're like, no way, man. Yeah. Calvin DeHaan and blankety blank Bogosian. <laughs> you're like, forget it, man. This is not happening. But yet there it was. There it was. In your face. I think that's it for this one, man. Oh, it's, I, I'm out of beer. Yeah. It's saying that? something after the the king can and then yeah, the, the one point three liter one point three liters of beer yeah I think I think it's a good day we've done a good job here Matt all right uh, we'll wind this one up here uh, I don't really know what the hell's coming up later this week I think stuff yeah stuff you'll always have your uh, your lever sage on Thursday lever sage I gotta rest up I gotta wow and he'll be bringing it always Lee will be coming in he'll have a week's worth of rattlers <laughs> and well, hey I, Lee. I've left a mango ghost in the There you go. For you, buddy. Okay. Uh, we'll wrap this one up here. Hope you all have a great week. For Rob Christie, my name's Matt Robinson. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you're hearing us right now. Make sure you're following along at Tall Can Audio on social media. We'll see you later this week. See ya! What the hell is that? 
Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Why are you so pissy?